Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope you are having a beautiful day today. If you are listening to this in real time, I wanted to give you a heads up that this week, this coming Thursday, what is that date this coming Thursday? If you're listening to this at some point in the future, no big deal. I'm going to tell you how you can still take advantage of it. But this coming Thursday, which is the 22nd, of June 2023, we have another one of our free trainings, free live training I'm going to be doing on overcoming excuses, especially those ones that you seem to come back to again and again and again. It is totally free. It is live. I will be there answering questions. If you're already registered for the free training series, don't worry, you'll get emails automatically with all the information to join me live at 8 p.m. on Thursday, June 22nd. Eight, that's 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you are not registered for our free training series, go to primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings, plural. Primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings. I will also make sure to put that link in the show description. If you are listening to this after June 22nd, 2023, still register at that link because when you do, you will automatically get an email with a link to the replay library. And so you'll be able to see the replay of the training on overcoming excuses, but also the replay library has replays of the other trainings that we have done and will do. We've done one on continuous glucose monitors. We've done one on nutrition for fat loss. We've done one on consistency, I believe. So all of those live in the replay library. And to get that, all you have to do is drop in your name and email address at that link, primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings. But please do join me live if you are listening to this in real time, Thursday, June 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern. We always have a great time when we are live together. It's a great opportunity to ask questions, ask for clarification, and just connect. Connect with me, connect with other people who are on there live. So primalpotential.com forward slash free dash trainings. I have been doing a lot of reflection. We are less than a month out from my 40th birthday, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure I feel 20. And I've been thinking about some of the biggest shifts I've made in my thinking over the last several years, some of the beliefs that I have grown or developed that are really transformative. And, and in a lot of cases, they're lessons I'm still learning and probably lessons I'll be learning for the rest of my life. But I wanted to just go over them, talk through a few of them where where they show up in my life and how they have changed things for me 
And I'd love your thoughts on it. I'd love to know if there's any of these that you're particularly working on or if there's any beliefs that you have really developed over the last several years that have changed your life. Let me know. The first one probably doesn't come as any surprise to you. And it is the understanding of how critical it is that every single day I work to become a better thinker, a better problem solver, a better processor of information, a better processor of emotion, having more powerful perspectives. I see this every single day. It is the primary tool that I use in my coaching inside the consistency course. Somebody actually recently posted, I think it was just a couple days ago, and she said, I'm in an effort mood. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Screw it. And she was looking for support. And what I reminded her is how we feel is a direct reflection of how we are thinking about things. So this morning, the kids woke up early, like really early, all of them. (laughs) I think they must have talked about it last night. All of them were up super early. If I think about it through a perspective of that's so inconvenient, what a bummer, I missed out on XYZ, those type of thoughts will produce certain types of feelings, feeling frustrated, feeling disappointed, feeling aggravated, whatever it is. But different perspectives will produce different thoughts. If I take the perspective of like, poor kids... I wonder if they're not feeling well. I think all three are teething. Roman's getting his two-year molars. The girls are getting their first front teeth. Poor babies. Those thoughts produce different feelings. This is an opportunity every day in almost every situation. Another client of mine in the consistency course was posting about how she's working on overcoming impulsive eating behaviors. And she shared that sometimes she's successful and sometimes she's not. And so I was asking her to tell me a little bit more about the times that she feels she's not successful. Like what's different? What's happening? Is there like a narrative that you're telling yourself to to give in to that pattern you want to change? Like what's going on? What can you do differently? And she responded with actions she could do differently. I mean, very tactical. I can put this in place. I can put this in place. And I reminded her as I did the previous client that if you are in a situation where you are trying to avoid impulsively eating or impulsively shopping or procrastination or anything at all, the choice that you make is a direct result of how you think about it. And you always have the opportunity to think about it differently. If you think about it in the sense of, I don't even care, I'm just so tired, it doesn't matter, I'll do better tomorrow, those thoughts produce a pretty predictable result. But if you think about it in terms of, I'm going to wait 10 minutes and see how I feel in 10 minutes, or I'm going to get three wins under my belt in the next 10 minutes, and then I'm going to decide. Maybe that's doing some body weight squats and having a glass of water and getting some fresh air or doing a meditation. There are different thoughts that produce different feelings, and it's that combination that drives the choice you make. To my client who said, you know, I'm just in an effort mood, I don't even care, 
I told her there is a perspective, a story that you tell that produces that feeling. If it's, I'm too old anyway, it's just so hard, nothing I do works, those type of thoughts will produce the feelings of, screw it, who cares, it doesn't matter. But there's also a series of thoughts that can leave you feeling really empowered and focused and motivated and all of these different things. You get to become a better thinker. You have that opportunity to practice all the time. You can ask yourself in any moment, what else is true? Can I be more mature here? Can I be more balanced here? Every struggle carries with it the opportunity to think about things differently. One of the big shifts that I've made, I would say in the last 10 or 15 years in my thinking, is that indulging is part of my plan, is part of my life. It used to be that I wanted to eat this super strict way to experience weight loss. And if I indulged, it was like off plan. It was a bad choice. And I would get down on myself about it and or feel the need to compensate. Now I realize that having the ice cream or the cookie or the margarita or the Mexican food, that is part of my plan, part of my path. And I can do those things and do them in a healthy way by having a healthy mindset. Because when I have the mindset of like, oh, I screwed up, so I might as well get it out of my system. Because I had this, I might as well have that and try again tomorrow and start fresh tomorrow. All of those kinds of thoughts of I'm off the wagon, might as well get it out of my system, I'll do better tomorrow, you only live once, all of those reflect an opportunity to become a better thinker. And when you do that, it impacts every single thing in your life. Every single thing in your life. I told you guys that the, the girls woke up this morning and Roman woke up early too. And there was a time in my life where that would have thrown my morning routine off. Well, I can't work out because the kids were up early. And, you know, the kitchen didn't get cleaned up from breakfast because the kids were up early, which means I didn't get the dishwasher emptied and all of these different things. Becoming a better thinker means... What's my next best choice? What is my next best choice? How can I work with the circumstances in front of me in a way that makes me feel my best? What is a choice I can make in the next 10 minutes that's going to make me feel good, that's going to make me feel strong, that's going to make me feel healthy instead of this day is crap? When we do that, we are happier, we are healthier, we are more productive, we are more balanced, we are more mature, we have better relationships, we don't experience as much tension between ourselves and other people or even as much tension in our own minds. We always have the opportunity to do the work to become a better thinker around our fears, around our doubts, around our patterns, around our habits. And in my opinion, you'd be hard pressed to find a more valuable thing to pour your energy into because of the impact it has on every area of your life. This has helped me financially. I'm a really conservative person financially. I don't like to take financial risks. I like to have a, a sizable, maybe even unreasonable cushion. I've always been that way. But practicing becoming a better thinker 
absolutely has me making better money decisions. It has me getting bigger wins instead of missing out on things because I'm being too conservative, because I'm playing scared, because I'm letting fear and doubt impact the choices that I make. I've made investments that otherwise I probably would have been too scared to make. And it has had a very powerful, positive impact on my life. It's helped me operate less from fear and more from a place of possibility. And there's just there's just a lot of really positive things that come from that, not only as it relates to money, but those benefits impact me as a mom and they impact me as a businesswoman. They impact my health and it's just do that work. Whether you're doing it through reading books or listening to podcasts or hiring a coach or a little bit of all of the above or doing it in a community with friends, do that work to become a better thinker. I could talk about this all day, but we're going to move on to the next one. This is a little bit of a spicy one. And I would say it's more in the last three or four years that this has become a, a belief, a shift in my perspective. And it's to be very careful of what you feel certain about. Be very careful of what you feel certain about. There's more that you don't know than you do know, especially when it comes to your perception of other people's choices. It's so easy to have strong opinions, especially with the internet and somebody did something that was bad or somebody did things, something that was stupid. And you know, I think some things are just objectively wrong, like criminal, criminally wrong, morally wrong, that sort of thing. But I'm talking about the everyday stuff. I'm not talking about murder. I'm not talking about rape. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about when you see somebody do something and you're like, what an idiot. I can't believe they did that. Or even a silly example, a couple months ago, maybe a little less than that, I posted a picture on my Instagram of the twins and one of them was eating steak and had fallen asleep. So she was like in her chair, had her bib on, she was gripping the steak and gumming it and she fell asleep. And somebody commented like, this is horrible. I hope this is a stage joke. It's so dangerous for young kids to eat steak. And then she unfollowed me, left my Facebook group, you know, whatever. And it's a great opportunity to remind yourself to be really careful of certainty. You know, before I was a mom, and even I, I know a lot of moms in my mother's generation who don't understand new philosophies around feeding kids. We with Roman did baby led weaning, which is instead of purees, you give them safe cuts of food for their developmental age and their, their physical readiness. And while they don't chew it and swallow it, they're learning fine motor skills, they're learning how to self-feed, and there's a ton of research around how it lowers the risk of choking and it improves uh, willingness to try new foods and creativity and adventure around food. Like it, there's just so much research around it that I wouldn't have known. And if you are not familiar with this huge body of research, you could easily be like, those kids don't even have teeth. How are they having steak? They could choke. But just be careful of your own certainty because there is more that you don't know 
then you do know. Another thing that came up recently, and, and honestly, this one comes up a surprising amount still. When I talk about Amare, I had one woman recently message me and say, oh, it's just such a scam and you're trying to recruit people and this, that, and the other thing. And I responded, be very careful of your own certainty because you are taking your understanding of an industry from maybe your own experience, maybe the 90s, maybe 20 years ago, and it doesn't reflect what you're talking about. It doesn't reflect the reality of the situation. And I explained to her, I'm an affiliate for this company. I don't need to recruit anybody to make money. That's not how it works. That might be how it worked for you in another company in another time in another decade. It might be how it works for somebody else with something else. But be really careful of your own certainty. And this is something that has become easier in terms of people being opinionated because of the internet. You can just go on there and and maybe it's not you. Maybe this is something that you notice your kids doing or you notice your friends doing or you notice strangers on the internet doing. But I think we all do it in our heads, even if we're not keyboard warriors saying it to other people. We just feel like we can draw a conclusion from a limited bit of information because of assumptions that we make, because of our own experiences. But your experiences are not the same as somebody else's experiences. And your understanding is limited to your experience and your education. And it is not reflective of absolutely everything. I actually did a blog on this whole topic maybe a couple weeks ago. I should link it up in the show description if I remember. But about how... In my mind, so many people are missing out on financial freedom and financial flexibility because they're judging the options based on their limited understanding and based on their experiences without realizing that might not reflect reality of 2023. That might reflect a small subset of options, but not all of the options. And honestly, that's not just true in money. That's true in In fitness, people make judgments based on their experiences of this wouldn't be for me or this wouldn't be safe for me or I couldn't do this, but that's not necessarily the truth. That is your judgment based on your past experiences and your assumptions. Be very careful of your own certainty. Guaranteed, there is way more to the story than you are even considering. My sense is when you label something, you're showing your own limited understanding. Again, I'm not talking about these extreme outlier situations, but when somebody labels how I feed my kids as dangerous, you are showing your own limited understanding. You are showing your own willingness to make assumptions And the same thing is happening if you label the way somebody does business or you label the way somebody eats. Let's use a pop culture example. Gwyneth Paltrow was interviewed and talked about how she ate in a given day. And she does intermittent fasting and she has bone broth. And people were so quick to be like, oh my gosh, she is promoting this unhealthy way of eating and this, that, and the other thing. Y'all, she gave us the tiniest glimpse inside her life. And what would we rather? Would we rather she lie? Would we rather she make something up? Because if she had said like, 
you know, I don't eat healthy at all. I usually take my kids to the drive-thru in the morning and we get donuts and then I'm, I do some sort of like mac and cheese or some, you know, baked pasta dish at night. People would have been up in arms about that too. Why do we feel the need to label without all the information? Especially when in most cases, we can't have all the information. When you label something, you are showing your limited understanding and you're showing that you're willing to call something A or B or C or D without getting all the information. Now, to some extent, we have to do this to make decisions in our lives, right? So let's say that you're deciding if your kids should go to school or if they should homeschool. You have to, as a human being, take in information and make decisions, but that is very different from looking at somebody else and labeling what they're doing from the little bit of it that you have seen or that you know. Those are very different things. You do have to take in information about what you think is healthy or not healthy as you make decisions about what you're going to eat or not eat or how you're going to feed your family or how you're not going to feed your family. That is very different from looking at what somebody else is doing, knowing that you're only seeing one sliver of the story and passing judgment. Be very, very careful of certainty because there's more that you don't know than you do know. The next one that... I have been working on, I talked about this on Saturday's episode, I'm working on it with myself, I've been working on it with my clients, I've been working on it with my two-year-old. You can feel things without fueling that feeling, building it up and amplifying or magnifying it. And also, you can feel it without needing to run from it or attempt to eliminate the feeling. You can just feel it. You don't have to fuel it with your attention, with your fears, with your doubts, with your nervousness, with your catastrophizing, and you don't need to run from it or try to escape it. You can be stressed and feel that stress and not feed that stress and not play into that stress and not catastrophize around that stress and also not go to Amazon and shop to distract yourself. You can feel overwhelmed without feeding it and working yourself into a frenzy and also without turning to food to distract yourself. It's a practice. My biggest opportunity to practice this right now is when I feel overstimulated because all three of the kids need something And sometimes that reaction, that fueling it or feeding it, you don't even realize you're fueling, magnifying, amplifying the feeling is just an anger response or a clench your teeth, brace your jaw, speak aggressively. Those sorts of reactions amplify that negative feeling. So When I'm in a situation where, let's say, Roman's crying because he wants me to help him with something, and the girls are crying because I'm making their bottles and they're not in their mouths yet, I don't have to react at all. 
I don't have to build it up in my mind with stories of like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Everybody needs to get their shit together. Like I, that fuels it. And I also don't need to respond with, oh my gosh, I need a drink. I can just experience it without reacting, without needing to run, without making it worse. I can really want to overeat or overindulge. And I can sit with that feeling without amplifying it or magnifying it. Oh my gosh, the craving is so strong. This one thing won't hurt. Everybody else is doing it. I've been so good. I don't need that magnification response. And I also don't need to distract myself from it and try to escape it. I can just feel that. It's okay to just feel things and to know that you can feel it without fueling it and you can feel it without the sense that you need to eliminate the feeling. The next one, man, I feel this more and more and more every day and thank God for that. Health needs to be a continuous pursuit every day. There's no such thing as I'll start tomorrow. There's no such thing as on Monday or once the kids go back to school or after this vacation, there is something that you can do for your health every single day. And what happens and the pattern that I've seen myself in for, I don't know, there have been many periods of my life marked in decades probably where if something happened that I saw as not aligned with my health goals, it would just be an all or nothing kind of like, well, today I blew it, so might as well, and and then health would be gone off the priority list for the day. It was either today's a healthy day or it's not. But the fact is, every single day, every single day, health needs to be a continuous pursuit. That does not mean that perfection is on the menu today or any day. I do not believe in perfection. But even on the day where I have the cupcake for my kid's birthday, health is still a continuous pursuit today. I'm looking for other ways to prioritize my health. And I'm having the cupcake too, but I'm looking for, can I go for a walk today? Can I get in a lift today? Can I make sure to take my supplements today? Have I drank enough water? Am I, you know, what am I doing to still prioritize health no matter what other choices I make? Health needs to be a continuous pursuit. There are zero days off. And this goes back to where we started around becoming a better thinker. The notion of I'll do better tomorrow, I'll start tomorrow, on Monday I'm going to do better, that reflects immaturity. It reflects a pattern of behavior that does absolutely nothing for your life. It only takes from you. So we need to be, to practice being better thinkers. Health is an everyday thing. There are no days off. Every day there is something you can do to prioritize your health, to put value in your health, to care for your health, to grow your health. Seek those things every single day, regardless of what other choices you make. This is an everyday thing for the rest of your life. There is no end point. There is no mark at which you can stop trying and quote unquote go back to normal every single day.
These last two are quick ones, but I love them both so much. I'll start with ask people for help because your relationships need it. Ask people for help. So, you know, there's so many times when like, I don't need my husband to help with something. I can do it myself. One of the silly things is like when, when somebody comes into the consistency course and I ship out their consistency calendar, it's super easy for me to just like grab an envelope, grab a calendar, pop it in there, go to the post office. But when I say, hey, would you mind getting a consistency calendar out in the mail for me? I'm showing I need you, I appreciate you, and I'm giving you an opportunity to do something for me. And I'm also saying like we can do this for each other. I'm making it safe for him to ask me for help. Because otherwise, especially in this day and age, like people are so independent and a lot of us, myself included, have the sense of like, I can handle it, I can do it, or I don't want to burden somebody. But when I do this for my friends, it's not because I couldn't handle it on my own. The reason I think it's so important to do this in relationship is because they then know this is the kind of person, this is the kind of relationship where we can ask each other for things. So I make a point at least weekly to ask somebody for help. And it might just be, hey, can you give me your feedback on this? I've been working through this decision and here's where I'm thinking, what do you think? I'd, re- I'd love your input. I need your help. And now I've said, you can do this with me too. It strengthens relationships. Yes, you can handle it on your own. I can too. But it strengthens relationships. And I don't know about you, but I believe in this day and age, relationships need to be strengthened. When I say to a girlfriend, hey, Chris and I would love to go on an hour-long date. Can you sit with my kids? They'll be napping. Can you just hang out? What I've said is, you can ask me this sort of thing too. And we have to not just do it once. We need to do it regularly. And it doesn't have to be babysitting your kids. It can be, I'm trying to make this decision and I'd love for you to help me. I'd love to talk it through with you and get your two cents. Ask for help because your relationships need it. I do this even with my two-year-olds. Can you help mom by putting this in the trash? He knows that he's done something that he can feel proud of. He feels my appreciation. And it just creates a relationship where it says we can ask each other for help. So ask for help because your relationships need it. The last one. (laughs) Busy is a choice. I don't use that word. I've talked about it before. Inevitably, people email me and say, I know you're so busy. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. That I just don't subscribe to that. Let me give you an example. I have a friend, and every time I talk to her, whether it's in text or on the phone, she's so busy. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. Oh, there's this, there's that. Literally every time for years, I can go back and be like, well, she was in this season then, and then there was this, and then there was this, and then there was this. And it's always like, I've been meaning to catch up, but I'm so busy. I've been meaning to catch up, but I'm so busy. 
what that feels like to be on the receiving end for some people is I'm doing all of these other things and so I don't have time to connect with you. I don't have time to follow up with you. I don't have time for that phone call because it's not a priority. And that very well could be just the case. Like you are not a priority, but you don't have to make somebody feel that way by going through a litany of all the things on your plate. We put things on our plate, even our jobs. And you might think, well, I have to work or I can't pay my mortgage. Okay, well, that's still a conscious choice you are making. We are as busy as we choose to be. Your kids do not have to do six different sports. You made that choice. Collectively as a family, you made that choice. Now, obviously, of course, you can use the word busy if you like that word or you just disagree with my stance on it. But I have a lot on my plate, no doubt about it. But I don't ever want to make somebody feel like because of the choices I make with my family or my work that I don't have time for them. I don't ever want anybody to feel that way. Now, sure, am I going to be the person who can like go out to coffee with you three mornings a week? No. But at the end of the day, I want you to know that I absolutely have time to talk if you want to talk. And I absolutely have time to remain connected to you. And I have time to text you back. I absolutely do. Busy is a choice we make. And I think it just keeps people at arm's length, unintentionally for many, when we just fall back and we use that word. And the other piece of this is a lot of folks are not having real connections because of filler conversation like busy. How are you? I'm busy. Okay, that's kind of a dead end in the conversation. I really want to know how you are. Are you happy? Are you nervous? Are you excited about something? But when you say, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, it's a dead end because it's like, okay, well, so should I not like follow up and try to figure out how you really are? Are you telling me like you don't have time for that conversation? It doesn't open doors for people to connect with you, for relationships to be built. And there might be some people that you want to stonewall and you want to keep them out. And I'm just saying like you can be a little more creative than that. (laughs) Busy is a choice. We put things on our plate. We can take things off our plate. But I want to be in relationships with people where I feel like they have time to connect with me. And that matters. Even if they have a lot on their plate, I have a lot of people in my life that have plenty on their plate, but I want to build relationships with the people who feel available, who feel like this relationship matters to them. I don't really want to pursue the relationships where it feels like they, they're just, quote unquote, too busy. That just doesn't feel good. Just It's worth thinking about how you use that word. I think it keeps people at arm's length and prevents connection. And it also makes us feel less empowered with our time. Because if I have too much on my plate to have a conversation with my sister or spend time with my mom or follow up with a friend, I think I need to look at how I'm doing things. Because what really matters in life? I want to be the kind of person, the kind of friend, the kind of family member 
where people know that I'm available for them and that that matters to me, even though I have businesses and small children and personal responsibilities, I want people to know that I have time for them. So that's where I'm at. Those are, those are the beliefs that have changed things for the better for me over the last handful of years. I'd love to know if there's any one of them that resonates with you more than the others. And I'd love to know if there are specific beliefs that you hold that you've adopted over the last several years, because we all can become better thinkers. And you might introduce me to one that expands my mind, and I'd be really grateful for it. All right, we will see you guys tomorrow. Have an amazing day. Take care.